To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Heather Duplessis Allen Drive podcast from Newstalk ZB. Fact, rumor, scrutiny, suggestion. The Huddle. On The Huddle with me this evening, we have Trish Sherson, Sherson Willis PR and Sam Johnson, Projects Director at Still. Hi, you two. Hello. Trish, should Hello, it have Heather. taken so long for National to rule out working with the Māori Party? I don't know because, um, one, as you pointed out in your editorial earlier, it's a great thing for National. I mean, one of the things is it's maybe a good time for them to do this now because to party Māori is being seen as the kingmaker and more and more it is Labour's problem um, and isn't that one of the quirks of MNP that actually you need these coalition partners, if you're Labour and National you need these coalition partners to get you across the line yeah. after the election and make you the government but on the way through the election they can make your own campaign far more difficult because every loopy idea they have, every policy they have becomes your problem and you're asked about it. Um, And in my view, this election is going to come down to what I call the pluses. So it's National Plus Act. On the other side, it's Labour plus Greens and maybe plus to party Māori. And that's a really tricky sell for Labour. Okay, so Trish, are you arguing that actually National has saved it up for the perfect time when the Party Māori has started misbehaving and you can, you can then rule them out while everybody's got their attention on them? Well, you know, in politics, it's you don't know whether it's cock-up over conspiracy, but mm. I imagine they have also had a lot of uh, media inquiries recently about whether or not they would work with Te Party Māori because Te Party Māori has had so much airtime as mm. the potential kingmaker. See, I have a little bit, um, I have a bit of sympathy for that as an idea, Sam, but the problem is what you're doing if you're trying to wait for exactly the right time. Is just squandering Chris Luxon's decisiveness. He just looks like he's all over the shop on this. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's the perfect point. They, they could have done it earlier, but I think because of the history between National and Māori Party, you know, they have worked together before. Maybe they were trying to see, is there any hope of it? But then this week, with the whole kerfuffle, with the, the um, Nick moving across and then coming into the House and doing that um, sort of disrespectful um, porphyry at the wrong time without the right leave of the House, I think that just really pissed people off and actually were annoyed about it. Yeah. So I think it's kind of, that's caused the catalyst of actually going, hey, this is not okay. So you can have your all your own processes and, and follow tikanga, yes, but you actually have to follow the rules of parliament. You're not above that. Sorry, Māori Party, no one is, uh, and, and, and don't do that. So I think it is kind of decisive that he said it. Um, but I did wonder on Morning Report this morning, it, it sounded slightly hesitant. It wasn't sort of coming out of the guns and saying, we are ruling out Māori Party. It was kind of because they were pushed. So I do think your point is absolutely correct, that we need to see more decisive. Yeah, they've got to be decisive. Hey, but Trisha's point, Sam, is a good one, isn't it? Like, if, if it's about the pluses, which it's going to be, ACT looks mm. a lot more disciplined. This other lot on the other side, Chippy must be gutted that they're his mates, the Māori Party and the Greens. That's right. ACT is looking very disciplined. I think it's a great point, and I, I think you, you never know... Uh, what what Māori Party are going to come out with now, and I think that's the big risk. So it's the, what National's got to do is sort of back themselves that they're going to get enough votes if they want to get in, uh, that we've got to do it with ACT um, and see how they go and put out some decent policies that people can get behind. Trish, what though? I mean, you can see that Chris Chris Hipkins' popularity is coming off, and that's understandable because we're finding out that he's a nice, smiley guy and everybody likes his face, mm-hmm. but it's still the same party. But what on earth's going wrong for Christopher Luxon? How does he fix that? 
I have a, this is just my own personal theory, but, um, you know, the last 15% for a, for a prime minister is really all down to them. It's down to, you know, do you come across in a way that connects with voters, that have them feel they trust you, that, you know, they, they feel ultimately that they'd like to go down and have a beer with you at the pub. Yeah. And I think that's it's in that 15% where Chris Luxon is at the moment. Um, and, you know, I don't think there's any magic that any advisor or anyone can put across that. It's going to come down to whether or not he can pull that off. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Back with the huddle. Trish, I'm going to have to ask you this one first because you're based in Auckland, right? Next time there's bad weather in Auckland, are you going to listen to the authorities or are you going to use your own judgment, have a look outside and decide what to do yourself? Well, yesterday I was actually um, in Christchurch for um, work and got a call from the office here to say, hey, we've had this civil defence thing. We're all being forced to go home. One of our team, it took them three and a half hours to get home because effectively what that alert did was force everyone out of the CBD at the same time with no surge in public transport. And at the same time, the message was being, um, you know, relayed to people, stay off the roads. So I think, in, you know, and, and then we had one team member here who stayed till six o'clock and then went home within 15 minutes and was completely dry. And probably safer if there was and something that was happening. And and this is this is exactly the point. There would have been, you know, the majority of people yesterday would have been better to stay where they were um, and go home at the normal time. And I think yesterday did um, number one, it does erode trust for people, and they'll start to second guess these these things. And number two, I think it put a huge amount of pressure and stress on people that didn't need to happen. Sam, what do you reckon is going on here? I mean, is this a case of our authorities genuinely stuffing up or are we just being so hard on them they can never win? Yeah, there's a little bit of that, isn't it? But I think, that, you know, the weather report yesterday did say there was going to be a torrential downpour four at five o'clock, which sort of didn't happen. So I feel a wee bit sorry for them in that sense. But I think the bigger issue is that we have a really blunt tool that is civil defence and it's not very um, malleable. It, it sends out these responses. Uh, it has to mobilise itself, which takes time. We've underinvested in civil defence across the country. Its ability to mobilise groups, you know, including ones that I've been involved with for a long time, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty limited. And basically, we have haven't focused on it. And I just love that Japanese proverb, which the next disaster happens after we forget the last one. Mm. But absolutely certain we've forgotten all the lessons we've learned from Christchurch earthquakes. And now let's hope we haven't forgotten them from the floods a few weeks ago. But actually, the, 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 the way the model, the institutional model of running crises and disasters does not work. You need community based models alongside that. And councils have not figured out how to fund that. And specifically what I mean is if you live beside a creek and you, you're cleaning it yourself, then you shouldn't pay as much rate. So give them a rates rebate really quickly. If you're doing the work, then you shouldn't have to pay your rates as well or you should be paid to do it. So there's a lot of little fixes we can do, but it's just so blunt and institutional that we don't do it. Trish, would you vote for Sam? <laughs> I would. Wouldn't you, Sam? Move up to Auckland. We need yeah. you, if you wouldn't mind. On the, on the basis of that, I, yeah. I absolutely will. But I think what the problem we've got now is no one knows where the threshold is. Yeah. So, you know, we were let down in the Auckland floods, but then you look at yesterday and you go in the middle of the day in a city like Auckland, you had a, a you know, a forced mass exodus um, that, you know, wasn't, I think, an overreaction. Um, so how are we going to know when we've got the balance right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think at the moment we don't know if they're under or overreacting. We've got to trust ourselves and that's probably quite a dangerous place for us to be in. Sam, um, Otago Boys High, should they insist <laughs> on selling double tickets to the ball or should they allow the boys to buy single tickets? 
Oh, it's just a bit bizarre, isn't it? I think they need to allow people to buy a single ticket. But if that's the model that they're going, and I guess, then, then, you know, who are we to judge? So I guess what's the point of the ball? If they're trying to make a point about teaching chivalry, then perfect. You've got to take someone to the ball. Doesn't matter who it is. Could be your mum even. Like, doesn't matter uh, if that's the point. But I guess... Uh, I think it's a bit odd, really, isn't it? So you just come on, let people take just go by themselves if they want to go by themselves. Absolutely. Do you know what, Trish? If they have to sell double tickets to the boys in order to be able to fund the, the cost of the ball, why don't they just charge twice as much for a single ticket and then say, and you can bring anyone you want as your date? <laughs> no, I, I agree. That would be, that you know, use price as a signal, right? Because that would make people yeah. make d- d- different decisions. There's, there's, there's no event in, in, in adult life where you would be forced to take a partner. Yep. Um, and, and I think there are a lot of kids who want to go to the ball, but for a variety of reasons, they're just not into going with someone or they prefer going on their own because they're actually going with a group of um Well, they can't of, get a date, Trish. Stop being nice. That well, happens too. <laughs> right? I mean, that might have happened to me at school. You never know. And I'm fine. I am fine. I've come out okay. Hey, guys, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Trish Sherson, Sherson Willis PR and Sam Johnson, Projects Director at Still. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.